And we are live. Welcome back to the 12th episode of Season 3 on the Mecca Banter Podcast. Uh, we have a great episode in store for you guys this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to be recapping St. Louis City's game against the Seattle Sounders on Saturday, as well as recapping the Premier League games from the weekend. And uh, we're going to end it with a fun little game. I won't spoil it quite yet, but uh, let's check in, boys. First of all, this is Winks at LCW21 on Twitter. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, Hafey, what's up, brother? How are we doing? I- I'm shocked you went to me first after the weekend. Um, Get it out of the way. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm super excited to talk about it uh, after the uh, London Derby. Also, um, really want to talk about City as well with the playoffs coming. I'm excited to chat with you boys about it. I'm a little nervous, but hey, we're here. Um, obviously, you can find me on Twitter at HeyFee4. Um, it's been really quiet on my Twitter, but let's try to get that active again. So yeah, hit me up on there. <laughs> Love it. Hoove, what's up, big dog? Boys, uh, doing good. I'm super disappointed with St. Louis and the performance this weekend, and I am genuinely terrified to look forward uh, towards the postseason. But uh, the other side of my fandom is doing pretty well, I'd say. So I'm going to just keep it at that, and we'll, uh, we're going to do it later. Beautiful. United boys, what's going on, Hen? Yo, uh, it's your boy Hen. Um, fellas, let me tell you. Let me freaking tell you. It's a it's a great week to be a Manchester United fan. But uh, I missed out last week. I was in Kansas City, but I do want to give a special shout out on this pod, and I have not told you all this yet because I've been waiting to share this on the pod. Um, I got to visit my friend Grant Jansen in Kansas City while we were there, and he uh, while we were there, he was asking me, he was like, "How's the podcast going?" I see that you all are like still going strong, and he's like, "Hey, did you ever meet my friend Grant?" Uh, at my wedding and I was like no maybe uh he's like well you know your brother and him hit it off pretty well obviously Jake's been part of the pod uh so he's been listening every single week the guy like uh has been listening every week to the podcast so shout out Grant but he said that he did not have a team going into listening to our podcast and that he officially pledged his allegiance uh from listening to our podcast to the Tottenham Hotspurs. So Andy Hoover, <laughs> shout out. Uh, you, know what, you know what's so weird about that? Like in about a year ago, I'll shout out two of my buddies, Mike Vitale and, and Will Griswold. They were both, they both like heard about our podcast. And so Will was my buddy who introduced us um, to the Arsenal Vision podcast. And at that time, neither of them had a team either. And so when they were deciding a team, they were like, we don't want to pick like one of the best teams. Like we want to pick like a mid-level team. And they both ended up picking Arsenal too. So I don't know. Or sorry, they both picked Tottenham too. Rewind. But I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like there have been so many people lately in the last year that have decided to pick up Tottenham fandom and it makes there's, there's no been sense. Resurgence, man. There's been a resurgence. It's Especially the, the guys, you guys from St. Louis too. We already have a built-in reason to pick Arsenal. So yeah, ah, find any excuse. Yeah, so uh, Grant McNeely, shout out to you, brother. And uh, Hoover is always looking for more in the Tottenham fan base. There's not many, so the group um, chat is you, tiny. Yeah, um, beautiful. And last but not least, Mister Sindobri, Coach Sindobri. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? It's good to be here. I do feel bad for for those fans, though. It's like, why do you sign yourself up for that misery? Um, 
It's like they, they have no idea. That's why it's always funny when they pick a prem team. It's like they start to learn the history, and it's like, oh, my God, this is what happens here? It's <laughs> the same thing for 12 years, so I get it. Yeah. But it's good to see you, fellas. It's your boy, Dobes, at Dobes 10 um, Honestly, just happy United won this weekend, so I'll take three points any way we can get them. Um, and then it's also business end of the season for City. Um, so a lot to, lot to jump into today with some Champions League. Uh, big playoff games coming up this weekend, but happy to be here, fellas. Good to see you. Awesome. Um, so we'll, 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 we will roll right into St. Louis city. (laughs) Words are hard today. Um, we'll roll right into St. Louis city. So they played Saturday night at home against the Seattle Sounders and lost two nil. Uh, we saw a change in formation. I know that we were talking about it. I think they played a four triple two out of nowhere. Um, you know, we, we read some things about them wanting to change formations and try some different stuff out ahead of the playoffs. Now, whether or not that was the smart move to get the team in full form before we before we start that or not is up for debate. But it was an absolutely miserable game, nonetheless. Um, Henry and I went and sat in the supporters section and fairly high up at that. And so we we got to kind of see it from from a pretty good bird's eye view and we just looked atrocious all the way around. I feel like we were, we played so much more narrow than we, than we ever did. And, and so many long balls there were, it felt like there was no buildup. Um, and in, in the long ball attempts, we were losing almost everyone. So, you know, C- Seattle felt like the better team all the way around in every aspect of the game. Um, unfortunately, even though we played our dogs, but what do you guys think? Yeah, completely agree with you. I was very disappointed. I wanted, I think we talked about it last podcast, um, how we kind of wanted it to be a tune-up for the playoffs. And by no means do I think that was the case for us. I think Seattle came out um, and and looked like a team who was getting ready for the playoffs. I also think I, we said it last podcast, but I think that was a pretty big game for them. I think the fact that they won, it jumped them up a seed. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think they had it. Um, But, like, that was a big game for them. But that still doesn't mean, like, we shouldn't put in a performance. Um, So I was definitely upset with that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we can uh, bounce back. Especially because I was – the whole at home, we have home field advantage. I was expecting us to get ready for the playoffs, have a playoffs – atmosphere style um and i don't think that was the case uh, or well i don't know you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but like we did not play as if uh we were like using that to our advantage in the playoffs yeah i mean i think the atmosphere was great like i, I think like the the block party beforehand i think like the crowd really showed out for it but yeah i mean nothing that you haven't already said but i I was expecting a tune-up before the playoffs as well like we're going into playoffs we have the number one seed um we got to beat teams like that like you know like we can't just we can't just take that lightly and um i'm actually like not a fan at all of changing the formation beforehand because like what's the point of that i guess you have to be able to see how you can play differently in different circumstances sure but now's not the time for that. Um, that was mid-season, you know, three-fourths of the way through the season, early in the season. Like, we haven't seen a 4-4-2 diamond since, like, 
the beginning of the season that happened for a little bit right at the beginning, like before we figured out kind of what worked for us. So it just felt like it was just a really weird coaching decision and it wasn't tactical from a uh, injury perspective. Like we were healthy, we were good. We saw some subs later in the game, but it was just not a good showing all the way around. Um, we just got beat to everything. Like it was, it was not, it was not good for the boys. You guys are, you guys are holding back really well because I'm kind of pissed. Like I, I need to take a couple steps back and, you know, we've been, we've questioned Carnell for right or wrong all season. Um, and he's done really well. He's going to win coach of the year. Cool. That's great. He deserves it. Um, the, the first half felt like a, like a complete experiment. Yeah, like, totally. It felt like a total experiment with different personnel on the field. We're, we're seeing, you know, uh, Watts in this double pivot six with Blom that didn't work. And I don't think it's because he can't play there, but where's he supposed to play the ball out to? Um, I got up early on Sunday and at my parents' request went to church with them, which was tough in itself. But when I tell you two or three um, people of the church came up to me and they they know about my affiliation with soccer in St. Louis and all this stuff. And, and one of the guys was like, you know, I, I've really only been watching since we've gotten the team. Like, it, it just felt like we were getting killed on, on the wide parts of the field on the wing. I'm like, Ed, you're a genius. The, the, you, we're, there's real problems when Mr. Casual, Ed Bean, great guy, comes up to me and is telling me, hey, why were we getting killed on the wings? I was like, I was in the stands saying the same thing. I was pissed. It was Shout so out evident. Shout out, Ed. It was so evident um, to to make the subs he made and then it not get any better. The, it. It, there was no, there wasn't a lot of fight. There wasn't a lot of energy. It felt like they were beat after the second goal, um, which really isn't characteristic of this team. So I don't want to sit here and, and beat about their effort because I think it's been a hundred percent all year. But um, it, it, none of it was cohesive. Like my sister was pissed. My sister is like a pretty casual fan. She's a season ticket holder. She follows. She was like, you know. There were people around us, and she kind of felt that the team felt, you know, we've got first place, we're good, this isn't that big of a deal. Some of the fans were saying, you know, hey, look, it's not that big of a deal, we've got first place. I, she was mad about that. Like, we, we can't be, if we want to win these Cubs, if we want to do this stuff, and, and we feel that we can, which we're in the position to do, you can't be complacent at all, even as fans. Like, nobody's asking more. My expectations have completely changed about this season, the way that we've treated all of it this year. We've killed it. It's been so much better than any of us thought. So things have to get different. Like, th things have to escalate. We can't just say, oh, that was great. That You know, we, we really killed it, which we did. Unreal season. But, uh, you know, we want to win. St. Louis wants to win. And, and they do, too. I know they do. But, like... Don't mess with what's not broken. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Play the high press style. We killed this year with this high press style. Wide players, you know, like the comfortable center, left mid, right mid type situation. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not pumped about it, but I fully expect us to take it to whoever we play first round. You know, there's no, there's no other expectation. Like you have to, you have to go and attack these guys. Out of all the formations. Go ahead, Ed. I think we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago of like we're we peaked at the wrong time of the season. Mm -hmm. um, we we're playing this like high press into your point. We were like we're we like changed our formation completely for this game and for the last couple of weeks, too. Like it's not like we we're in this crazy run of form and this was a blip like yeah. we ended the season not well. So like, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it is hard to balance. And like, I'll admit, like there was a little bit of myself, like at the game where I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, we look so bad right now. Well, at least we're, at least we've qualified. At least we're the the top yeah. team. Whatever, which is just not Silver a great linings. You got to take that. It, sure. it is. But like not a great end to the season. Like of our last five games, we only won two of them. Like that's not great for the number one team. Um, so yeah, it, it was not it was not tight as the people say. Out of you know this season, after trying all these different formations, I guess we'll see. Which one Carnell decides to uh, to go with, and what lineup as we go into playoffs? But I I truthfully have no idea. We've played so many different ones and and tried so many different players that there's only a few positions that I think we know yeah. who's going to be starting in. And well, I mean, Klein, Klaus, and Lowen. Like, yeah. those, those are the guys that I know are going to play. I'm I'm like literally looking at our last 15 fixtures. We've won four of them in our last 15. Like that is. <laughs> not- I'm coming from a place of did not watch the game. Was at a wedding, but like just the setup of the two, 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 like there's probably three or four guys that it's definitely not their best position or like the way to set them up for most success. Like AZ belongs playing in the middle. Lewin belongs playing in the middle. So they're on the ball a ton. They don't have to do that extra defensive work. They're just not those types of players. Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to like, understand that that's not necessarily going to work. But, like, I'm with sort of – I agree with everything you guys say. Like, how many times do we see, like, the, the the team in the NHL win the President's Cup and they get bounced in the first round? How many, totally. how yeah. many times do we see that? We've seen it twice in baseball this year. Like, I, I said it I said it last week, but it's, like, it's not about, like, necessarily, like, clinching first. It's about getting, getting hot at the right time. So I think there is a little bit of concern about going into the next round. But I will say I'm not necessarily scared of – either San Jose or if we play Kansas city, I think over three games we can beat them. And I think we can probably use that as our time to sort of get ready and sort of jolt ourselves. But um, based off what you guys are saying, doesn't sound, sound too encouraging. I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Like I, I really don't want to be doom and yeah. gloom. Like it's I, not, I, not yeah. the right perspective, but I think like what we've been consistent in all season is we'll call a spade a spade, like, and, and we'll do that you know, whether we play super well or we don't play well at all. But like, this was an example of like where we as fans that have been following this team since its inception, like we went in with an expectation of this game that wasn't met. And, um, you know, the optimist in me says like, hopefully we'll, we'll kick ourselves in the ass for playoffs, but there's no promise of that. Um, Four out of 15, no matter the sport is terrible. waiting. Terrible. season. Um, you look at the Blues and and say the same exact thing, dude. We've done we've done that. Like we've we've won those however many games we won, and then we went to win the Stanley Cup. Like we were last place, and you yeah, know, oh, totally. Kansas City was horrible all year. They've been killer in their last like thirteen. Well, because like, they've been, they've been playing, they've been playing essentially the playoffs for the past month of the season. Like they yeah. couldn't drop points. Yeah. Also, I guess while we're we're talking about the the playoffs what a fucking joke the the time slots are dude, dude. miserable a, miserable at yeah. 9 p.m kickoff on a sunday night about taking work off monday like genuinely i mean and then also we have like the on the what do we have uh on the fifth we have a 4 p.m kickoff and then the cool. 11th we have a 5 p.m kickoff like it's just like it's just random as fuck that that 9 p.m kickoff i can't believe on a sunday i saw someone say 
did someone someone tweeted that it's probably like a it's a kick in the teeth to us because Fox and MLS knows that no matter what time slot they give us, we're gonna pack that stadium. So yeah. they needed fans in the stadium for that nine o'clock slot, no matter who it was, no matter where it was. And we got stuck with it because we're incredible fans and we're going to fucking show up. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. A blessing and a curse. Yeah. Real quick before we move on from the MLS, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but you guys saw that I think New York, uh, the Red Bulls qualified. I think it's like 14 straight or something crazy. But I want to shout out Tommy Barlow. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's like the, one of the only players that's played in every single game this season. That's sick. Yeah, so whether he started or come off the bench. So shout out, shout out to Barlow, man. That's sick. Big time. Big time. Love Big it. Time. All right, gents. Well, let's let's roll into the Premier League. Um, four big games happen that we're going to touch on specifically, and we'll start uh, with with Coach Butchart doing some scouting this evening. We'll quickly touch over Liverpool Everton. Uh, Liverpool won two zero. Salah with two solo goals. Um, no surprise there. Penn Merchant. Penn, Penn Merchant. Merchant. Um, I didn't watch it, but Everton, you know, looking at the stats before the pod, um, did what Everton does best and sucked. Um, <laughs> they got cheated a red card. I, I know, do know I, that. They Kanate uh, for sure should have had a red. Kanate second yellow doesn't get it. And it was worse than his first yellow. 100%. And Klopp subbed him off the field immediately. Next play, <laughs> subbed him off the field. Like, that, let's, but that's that, but that, doesn't, that doesn't fit the agenda, fellas. That doesn't no. fit the agenda of Liv no. Arpool, So hey, We won't no. whine about it. No one's going to whine about it, though. No, I could care less. Dude, that, that, uh, I, for the, I mean, obviously, viewers, you're not in our group chat, but um, Hoover sent the funniest fucking video after that game of like, it ended up being fake, not real, but like of Klopp in his press game or his like post game conference. And someone says, like, oh, Kanate should have had a second yellow there for a red card. Does that mean that Everton get a, get a, what is it, a replay? replay. <laughs> Why are you asking that question? Why are you asking that? <laughs> the the, the Liverpool shit is insane to me. Like, I, the stat, I, I pulled them up because I saw it today. It was like, Total amount of penalties awarded thus far this season. Arsenal and Liverpool are both tied at five. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but it was one of those that Ashley Young sort of does what Ashley, I've seen him do so many times and just dove into two challenges. Yeah. Got, got sent off in the game. The game was sort of over for there. It was kind of frustrating just watching because Liverpool weren't creating great chances. And so literally anytime that anything happened in the box, the cop end and all of Liverpool would just scream at their arms up and sprint to the referee. It was fucking annoying. And of course they finally ended up, Michael Keane ended up giving the fucking pen and sort of changed the game. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's frustrating watching them and all the complaining. Um, but th- but then again, it's Everton, so like they probably would have went on to win anyway. If you, uh, if you haven't watched Ashley Young's second yellow, it's hilarious. It's like not even close to the ball, full on slide tackle. Like it just makes no sense why he did that. Like you can't even you can't even possibly you gotta, argue. You oh, gotta it's not know that Diaz is just gonna go to the ground. Like he does that regardless, let alone if you have a yellow. And it's like the moment he got touched, he was fuck he got shot. He got shot in the face twice. <laughs> Wild. All right, moving on to the next game. We've got a 2-2 draw, Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, 
Arsenal, Arsenal squeaking out a point, as well as Chelsea. Uh, Nick, I'll let you have your flowers on this one. You can go first. Ooh, uh, I, I'm okay with that. I really wanted to see your reaction um, because um, I think it was sloppy game, um, but I definitely think we should have walked away with three points. Um, I definitely think we were the better side. Um, in the game, I think I said it on the last Copa podcast. I think we played differently um, against top six competition. Um, their first shot on goal was a Sanchez mistake, and then the first goal, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I really wanted Mudrick's uh, game winning goal to be the highlight, the story. I think cross, it was all there. Cross, the cross, cross fuck up. There's just no way it was a shot. I mean, Arsenal fans cannot be talking about that with all the fucking own goals that you guys score. It's fucking laughable. Deflections are different. No touch was made, and he actually put it in the back of the net. But that was a cross. It's still a fucking goal. I don't give a shit. It went in the net. Man celebrated like he scored a world. First goal goal for him at the bridge. The story was there. Very happy for him. Um, I thought he played well. Um, I thought Connor Gallagher played really well for us. Um, but yeah, I can't believe he keeps playing. <laughs> Dude, I, I was shocked as well. Um, but to be fair, I think he put in a solid performance. Um, he got a lot. He like defensively. Um, when they have the ball, him defensively as a attacking mid, his press is I I love it. His effort is always there. Um, and once he gets the ball, he's very simple. And I think I've said that a lot as well. He doesn't really have a lot of creativity, which is the downfall to him in my eyes. Um, poor man, but poor like man's simplicity mouth. definitely showed, um, and I like the lineup as well. But wings, dude, the, dude, yeah, the lineup was weird. So you guys played like a like a four four two without a striker. Like yeah. both both of your both of your like forwards, quote unquote, were like sat in so much outside of when you guys were pressing. Um, yeah, you guys definitely looked like a different team and an entertaining one at that for the first time this season. So cheers. And we'll see if that lasts. But yeah, you you guys had a great press early on. Definitely out hustled us, and uh, we made several errors because of it. I don't know if the formation was forced because of the matchup, or if it was Pacha's like choice for moving forward. But yeah, obviously, kind of an unlucky handball by Saliba, even though the shot was was going wide, and then Mudrick's cross fuck up. Tough. For Fernandez. Those are those are still tough. How are you yeah. supposed to jump without your arms? Yeah, like, I could ask Romero the same thing, man. But yeah, call, they didn't call that one. And so, <laughs> but also, when it's like out and above your arm, totally different from turning from a deflection. So, a question for you, fellas: Is it officially time for us to uh, say that Kai Sato's on fraud alert? Absolutely. Bro. He, he might have been your guys' worst player, in my opinion. He was absent again. And this is like game after game after game after game. And I know that in that defensive midfielder role that sometimes that's the purpose that he's not super involved in like, cause I can say like, I was thinking about this. Not game for Scott and, McTominay. Yeah. I mean, Lately. Hey, we'll, we'll get to him. We were talking about the goat there. Um, Second place in Euro qualifying. Yeah. Come on now. Um, 
but uh, I'll be there no matter what. But I was thinking about Caicedo and, and Enzo, and especially in the first half. I think that was the best Chelsea's looked all season comfortably in that first half. They looked awesome. Yeah. And I didn't notice Enzo or Caicedo the entire first half, but like that wasn't their job wasn't to be on their ball. The job was to stop the midfield, which they did so well for Arsenal. So like, I guess I can see it like with both sides, but like, I think that when I look at what is the most expensive player in the Premier League, it's not, I'm not seeing what I would be expecting from that player. Uh, and, you know, what are we, eight games into him playing, seven games into him playing? I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, for me, I think it's the defensive center mid role. Like, I don't think the stats are going to be there for him, and I'm not going to ever expect him to. Um, I don't know if fraud alert for me would def- would be what I would call it, but I do agree with you. Like, I expect more from him. Um, I'm also, to be honest, I expect more from Enzo. I think he had a couple of chances against Arsenal that he could have scored. Um, and I'm kind of waiting for him to get that first goal to maybe catapult him into finding some um, finishes. Because I do think in the future, Caicedo is going to be more of that holding um, as far as letting Enzo go forward a little bit more. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't think it's fraud alert yet because I think the position that we're asking him to play, it, it's not going to be one of those ones where he's going to get forward a lot we've also not seen anyone really come into this chelsea side and be like completely revolutionized it like no one's i don't know man like i Walmer, baby yeah dude i mean he's he's, he looked good but but i I think i like about when when enzo came into the league last year in january chelsea were dog shit and how many times were we on this podcast being like enzo's a player like he's picking out passes he he's he's showing out but i think that caicedo like I don't know. I just I'm I'm not seeing it and I have no doubt that he is a player. I have no doubt how versatile he is, but like I think that I mean, the easiest comparison you can make is like the Declan Rice signing at Arsenal. And Declan has, I think, only the the one goal, I think, um, against United. But I don't think he has any more like assists or anything. But that keeps showing up. Dude, he's balling. Like he's he's everywhere. He's carrying the ball. He's he's kind of doing everything that I thought Caicedo would be doing for Chelsea. Um, I'm just not seeing it. Um but how about fraud alert is Sanchez, man? Four points. Dude, fuck. He's had a stinker, bro. Yeah, to be I, fair, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Rice got released from Chelsea when he was 14, comes back to the bridge and scores a screamer. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I did hear that, though, on the broadcast for the first yeah, time. I love that that's all they talk about, him scoring for his <laughs> They did, dude. They were beating it to death. <laughs> <laughs> got to. Um, there's, not, there's not much of a story besides that. I feel like, you know... Even Rice said it in his post-game interview. Um, Arsenal played their worst game of the season, and Chelsea played their best, and we drew. So I think that's the real story here, and I don't think anybody should forget that. I'm just just laughing that given the perspectives of both teams, what a result result for you both. Are Are we calling for Ramsdale yet or what, man? No, I mean, I, I don't know. There was no bitch. Was yeah, no, dude. It's it's so weird because, like, statistically, they're still such similar players. Just Raya's better with his feet. And in that game, the way that they were pressing, we either needed to have Thomas. First of all, Thomas Party instead of fucking Jorginho. But we either needed, like, one of our, one of our holding mids to, like, drop into that space and be an extra guy our center backs to be able to pass to or it was Raya stepping up a little bit and playing a little closer to our center backs to be able to 
play out of the press that way. And I don't think that Ramsdale in a game like that, where they're pressing that much, I don't think that Ramsdale's feet are the best situationally compared to Raya. Now, as far as shot stopping goes, I think um, the thing is, I don't think that Raya's positioning on the Mudrick cross was terrible. was weird. That's where I don't think that Ramsdale's necessarily out that far. That's like the only difference I think, just the way they play. And then the pen is you guys saw Mudrick's uh, post game press conference where he said that, the Chelsea, one of the Chelsea coaches told him that. Um, yeah, dude, dude. Yeah. Wait, he said what? I don't I believe it. it. I'm not saying I believe it, but I, I he will. He said that one of the goalkeeping coaches uh, told, him told him that, he, that, that Raya tracks off his line too much. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, bro, when you cross it, just cross towards the back post and make it. <laughs> That's probably what he said. Like, like you're supposed to, anyways. When, <laughs> you can I, see where Sterling was sitting right there, ready know, to just be tap goal. that in. <laughs> Um, I will also say I never thought I'd say this, but besides the uh, the cross that he had, I thought Kukurea did really well against Saka and had him in his pocket for majority of the game. I mean, I mean, both of your both of your you guys you guys hated balling. I know. Both both of your wingbacks were playing were playing our wingers. Years old is Gusto. I'm so excited for him. Yeah, they they were they were playing. They were playing both of our wingers tight, and I think that that was like part of the reason Trossard got the second goal was because your your wingbacks were playing our winger so tight that there's that gap in between the center back and whatever the side um, the side wingback it is, and in that case, it was the right center back. But so I, I think that was like, that was like a positive out of that for us. Obviously, you guys shut down Martinelli and Saka a lot more. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you guys leave those gaps in between the center back and wing backs. So got to figure out a way to tidy that up. But that was that was the reason that we were able to score that second goal. Trissard like snuck in in between into that back post and yep. and put it away. So obviously it's like a double edged sword there. Do you, you know, give us more time on the wing or do you leave that space open? And Rice made those runs a lot, a lot too in that game and and that's kind of like what henry talked about being on both sides of the ball and uh-huh. you know that workhorse um the workhorse stamina he he i saw him make a ton of runs in between your wing backs and center backs for that reason so i you know i don't know i don't know what's better letting our wingers have the ball and and turn towards goal and and make a move and get a cross in or, or attack the defender one-on-one or lock them up and then give that open space in between the back line but regardless um congrats on your best game of the year we'll see like i said we'll we'll see if that lasts best game of the year and it was no was not i mean I, yeah i think it was you kidding me uh, i know you guys i know you guys beat like burnley 4-0 but it's burnley for 60 minutes against okay. better against liverpool whatever you say gypsy um <laughs> we will move on to the next game of the weekend, we've got Manchester United and Sheffield. A close squeaking one. Squeaking one out. Hey, squeaking squeaking out three points, but three points are three points. And I'll let Nick talk, and then I'll, I'll give it to the United I just I just want to say one thing, because one, I did not watch the game. But all I have to say is I did not watch any of it, and Harry Maguire was man of the match, so I know it had to have been a snooze fest, right? Was he? Um, or Harry Maguire was just good. 
Oh, oh, okay, I'd love to hear it. Let's start it there. I love it. Harry him. Spin zone. That's like, no, that's like, that's like, Timmy didn't watch the game without Timmy. Did you watch no, I didn't. I exactly. did not watch the game. That's why I asked. McGuire has been great the last two times he's played. Okay. Finally coming into form. Hannah, Hannah I'll let you go first, brother. Uh, McGuire was not my man in the match. I'll tell you that much. Um, he, McGuire? played fine and so did Evans um you can't give one shout out without the other but um we won against Sheffield United which is so necessary I can't even begin to speak how necessary that was um this is we're in a stretch of games that prior I think this goes back to the game before the international break correct me if I'm wrong there Doves I think it was Brentford that we played um when we look at these like upcoming like three or four games on paper, we should have won all three points from every single game. And the fact of the matter is our last game and this game, both we had to squeak out wins off of worldies. Um, Delo's goal uh, was an absolute banger. Um, I don't know if you all watched the game. If you didn't watch the game, watch that highlight. It was disgusting. Um, it was an unbelievable goal. Um but there were some good things about this game, and then there was just some kind of consistent problems that we're seeing. Um, it feels like as we're going forward, we get a little bit lost in what we're trying to do. Um, man, I'll tell you, Hoyland missed a uh, – he didn't miss. He didn't connect with the ball. But this is now like the third or fourth game where our wingers are firing crosses across the face of the goal and Hoyland's missing it by like two inches. Like they'll get the timing down and he'll get there, but it's just not falling for him at the current moment. But um, it's getting really hard to to see – uh, Garnacho not in the starting 11. That kid comes on yet again and creates uh, all chaos on the field. The d- defense doesn't know what to do with him. He's so direct. He drew, I think, three fouls within the first four minutes of being on the field, um, putting in shifts on offense and defense. It's like kind of weird because we came away with like a 2 1 win and like the penalty, like there's just you know, penalties are penalties, but like Onana played really well. Maguire and Evans played well. Our wingbacks played well. Um, but we still just like didn't break down the low, the low block. We we've talked about this for a long time. So it is kind of weird. Like I Dobes and I were texting before the game saying like, this is an absolutely must win because it is for us. Um, and then the game ended and we're like, okay, we move uh, on to the next one, you know? So it's kind of weird to say that I don't have a ton to say about it, but uh, I feel like we're in kind of like a fragile space right now. And depending on how we do this week in the Champions League and what happens over the, the weekend, it you know, it's we're we're in a weird place. You guys want to hear a crazy stat, and obviously this this goes back to Johnny Evans last time when he was at United. Manchester United have won the last 14 games that Johnny Evans has started. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. I mean, I don't have much to say other than him. I I, I get why we played McTominay in the game because of what he did last game. But to me, there's not a lot of balance in that midfield, um, especially when you're playing against a team that, like, you know is going to going to sit in a low block. Like, I don't get why we didn't play Mount or you play an Erickson or you play two guys that are better on the ball, better moving the ball side to side. Um, but, and I'm kind of with you. Like, not that I think Rashford's, like – he needs to be dropped, but I also think there's a world where you can play Rashford outright or you can play Garnacho outright and play them both. Um, 
in, in terms of just like the goal, I think it's kind of funny. I was at a wedding during this game and I had the game on my phone at the wedding during the ceremony. <laughs> and, and so they're getting ready to do the I, I do's and sorry, Justin or chair, if you listen to this, they're getting ready to do the I do's and I'm watching the game. And the whole time, it's one of those things where Madison's like slapping my knee, like turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And so literally they're getting ready to do the I do's like they're, the rings are on everything. And Madison finally like slaps me again. She's like, turn it off. And I look at her and I go, if they score in this one, one game and I don't see it, I can't even tell you how fucking mad I am going to be at you. I put my phone down for one minute. They say the I do is I pick the phone up. It's two to one. <laughs> I've, never, I've never in my life been like, you got to be kidding me. And she's sitting there dying, laughing. I'm sitting here trying not to celebrate as everybody's clapping for them. Like, having their first kiss and shit. And I'm just like, God, you're fucking shitting me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, ha- happy with three points. Um, big Champions League game this weekend. I think what is crazy is I'm pretty sure if I look at this correctly, let me pull the table up here. And by no means am I saying this is going to happen. But we play City at the weekend. If we beat City at the weekend, we're only three points off of Man City, which is like it's very much like not necessarily going to happen. But at the same time, like, we're actually going to have a healthy left back starting tomorrow. Kobe Mayne, who's back in training. Like, we're starting to get some key guys healthy. Um, so if we can go on a run of games here um, and get a few wins, I'll be happy. But I think the lack of style that I see from when we play is still the most concerning. Like, we'll, we'll, we're gutting out these these three-game wins. And we, we come as a team that last year was built on a solid defense. Um, you guys can argue all you want. But for four or five months of the season, we were one of the top three or four best teams in the world in terms of how we were playing beating teams, going on runs, making it deep into tournaments, um, you know, home winning streak. And we just haven't had that at all this year. Like we haven't had that consistency. We haven't had that style of play. We haven't had any of that. Um, so the wins are great. And like DeLoe came on the press conference and said today, sometimes you just have to win when you're not at your best. But I think the concern is that we haven't looked great. But then again, when you're starting Lindelof as a left back, um, you're sort of having to, to plug these gaps. We'll take the wins any way they come. Um, so on to a big one tomorrow in Copenhagen, but happy with the three points. Did you say you were a best club? You guys were playing top three club this year? You guys were playing no. last year. Oh, okay. I, I missed that. I missed that too. I thought you, you said this year. You I, like, I heard this year too. So no, bro. But when we when we beat Barcelona last year after Barcelona was top of the ta- like top of the league, we we were in rolling. Europa. There was some hype. Yeah, I mean. Barcelona, who look at this Real Madrid team, Barcelona beat them for the league title last year, and we just walked them off the field in two games. So, like, yeah, we were one of the best teams in the world last year. Trade? Okay. Get it. Beautiful. <laughs> you got um, rebuttal. Get it. <laughs> all right. And so that will conclude our – I'm just kidding. Um, today, we, today we had a – the final, the final prem game that we'll review: Spurs beat Fulham two zero. Um, Hyungmin Son may be in the conversation now for potential Player of the Year in the Premier League. Um, I didn't watch all of the game, but I watched some of it, and it pains me to say that he looked phenomenal. Shout out Hoover's jersey, um, but I really don't want to talk about them anymore. So I'll let Hoover do it. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> sure. Um, I'm not sure what to do in this position because it's way easier to talk about Spurs when they're like losing games and then they win a big one. And then they like, what do I, what do I keep saying? 
Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, this one for sure, I, Fulham's not a bad side. You know, we can sit here and talk about the stretch of run that they've been on, and they have played some of the worst in the league. They've played some of the lower teams in the table. You know, they played well. Uh, we snuck out Liverpool, however you want to rate that one. Um, you know, Arsenal, but for the most part, it's been pretty steady. Um, and this was this was the same thing. Um, James Madison again, exceptional. Um, Sonny looked amazing. I, I mean, like I love having him back in form. A happy Sonny is is the best Sonny. So um, seeing his emotion and, and all that is is a lot of fun. Um, where I will throw out some hot topics. Um, I did say it in our group chat in, in the Mecca today, but I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing about Romero not being one of the best center backs in this league. And I think today and Friday coming up, and we're going to see it in the next two or three weeks, the guy's been unbelievable. Outside of the handball that he gave up, or the pen and, and whatever that was earlier in the season, he's been so good. I do so think... simple. It, it, I do think... It has something to do with being next to a competent other center back. So, like, Mickey Van de Ven is rapid. He covers so much ground so quickly um, that I, I don't think, think Romero has to take on the role that he did next to Eric Dyer. I just think Romero's a wank, and that's why people don't talk about him. <laughs> don't I, think there's, I think there's for sure some of that. I'm just, no, it's, cause I, it's like a Rudiger. I've 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 hate I've always hated Romero. He's I think he's the biggest wank. I'll call him a dirty player. We can fight. Ever since he pulled Cougar's hair. Yeah, he's a fucking awesome. bitch. I hate him. Awesome. I fight him on site. Master like, of the dark arts, man. Those play like those players will always have a place in the game, no matter how much you hate. And that's why I don't think he gets talked about. Because I do agree with you. He's been very like important for you guys in the back. And like I think you you did just have a great comparison, like our Rudiger when Rudiger was with us. That like one guy Rudiger. you can just sick any him on anyone, and he would have a good. Yeah, and another master of the dark arts. Like yeah. I I understand as a former defender that sometimes you know like you stomp on a guy's foot when they're running in for the corner on a on, on a corner. You know what I mean? Like you just you just get away with some of those things. Most of the best teams in the world, and I'm not calling Tottenham one of those yet. But most I'm not even going to agree with you if you did. So. <laughs> you, you look at like the history. We of call like, United the best uh, teams. <laughs> Sergio Ramos, a, a Carlos Puyol. Yeah. All of these guys have that guy that like if somebody on their team gets fucked with, that's where Christian Romero, like that's where his yeah. jack comes into place, and it's it's an important role. No, but I think that's a good point, Nick, because I, I, there's definitely some merit to that. Like, <laughs> people don't want to talk about him because truly, like, you don't want to play him and you don't enjoy seeing him th- just throw ridiculous tackles in on, on some of your skill players. But he does it every week. Lionel Messi has said it. He plays with Lionel Messi every time they go on an international break. And Lionel Messi thinks he's one of the best center backs in the world. So, like, I, I understand the sentiment of not liking the guy. And I think that's valid, um, but I do I do need some more respect on my man's name. We're we're on four clean sheets, most in the league. Vicario's been exceptional. Um, you know, there, there's so many positive things to talk about. I I don't need to drone on because it was Fulham. And to be fair, they looked pretty poor in the second half. Like Fulham should have bagged one at least. Um, but again, I think that's some more credit to Vicario. But uh, yeah, it's like like. Ange was like, first half, great. Probably should have scored more. He's like, second half, didn't love. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna look back at that and you know make some adjustments. But he also pulls off Sunny and Matters almost every game in the 80th. 
He, he loves making rotations, and I think that's important when you're not playing outside of the league, um, at least to get some of these guys who may be crucial down the stretch some touches and, and some game time. But it's injuries, nice he, injuries are for sure important. For injuries you. are for sure. Yeah. I, we're not super deep in the center mid position. You know, I think Hjoiberg is an excellent replacement for Basuma. Different player. Um, I still want Basuma to start, but, you know, we're going to lose Basuma and Sar for AFCON in, in the winter. And that leaves us with uh, Skipberg, as Spurs Twitter calls them. So Oliver Skip and, and Pierre Hoiberg together is not the, the, the most McFred, fun baby. watch. I'm McFred, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, it's not the most fun watch. So I think, if anything, I'm really hoping that Rodrigo Bentinker can back healthy and, and, you know, be a real player. Um, but I think that's somewhere that, that Spurs need to strengthen at least in the offseason. Um, I've seen Calvin Phillips' name thrown around. I'm not going to act like I wouldn't be all about that. And I think that he'd fit perfectly in a Basuma-esque role. So, um, yeah, I don't get my hopes up, though. Because nice Spurs pickup, Honestly, yeah, for sure. And, I, and, and City would – and he'd play. That's his, that's his whole thing. Like, he's not playing on that City team. Um, he would get a lot of minutes, uh, at least more than City with Spurs. But, uh, yeah, you know, I I enjoy it while I can, and I'm going to ride this out. Like, if we go, if we keep winning and, and keep going, then awesome. And if we don't, it's Tottenham, lads. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. That's that it is. In the world. It's like, why, why don't we finish first? We're Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, I, I do need to say on record on the podcast before we get ahead of anything like that. But um, if, if, yeah, if, Spurs, if Spurs do what Arsenal did last year, it was an overperformance by one mile. It was an overperformance hand over fist. So there will be no there will be no Spurs bottle of the league. We brought an Australian in from Scotland to to coach in the Premier League. No, that over. How long was Arsenal top of the table? No, no dynasty talk. Who? No, di- brother. Brother, we haven't won anything since 2008. Don't don't throw the D word out there, dog. That, that, uh, that, that didn't stop Arsenal. Hey. Doesn't. <laughs> that FA Cup comes for something, though, right? Confidence. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, Gentlemen. That wraps up our Premier League recap from the weekend. Um, and we talked about it briefly earlier in our group text, but we're going to end this podcast with um, not a factor cap, but another kind of challenge, also not a draft. But the plan here is each of us are going to uh, pick a historical player that you would like to bring into your current club that you think would either change the way that you guys play or make you guys better or put you guys in the title race, whatever the case might be. I'll leave that up to your discretion. But again, one historical player. Um, so somebody that's currently retired that you would want to bring into your club. Um, I guess we can start in the same way that I introduced you guys. So Hafey, I know you said you were doing all your research and, and have the best, the best pick out of all of us. So I'll let you go first and see what that cap is like. I'm, never, so, I'm so interested never... with I Me too. said that I had the best pick. I just said I was doing research to learn the history of the club. No, <laughs> he's only been a fan like six months. So he's got to <laughs> guys like to grab onto that one whenever you can. That's that's what absolutely. I, I, I will um, say I am excited to see where you go because Chelsea. I a think lot of options. Is, well, I, yeah. I, I think with I some know. of our I think with some of our teams, it's a little bit more defined of like this position would really 
work well. Whereas with Chelsea, you have a lot of, of variance. So I think this pick's easy for, for me if I'm there. Well, so I, I do think the pick's easy, but I definitely think there's a lot of uh, great legends uh, of Chelsea that I had to pick from. Like, I think... Um, you don't, It didn't have to be a Chelsea legend. It could be... Oh, I uh, thought it... No, it had, no, I thought, it, it, it's, it's club specific. specific. Okay, okay. Ignore yeah, me. Close specific. Close specific. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Lu- Lucas like, is like, I think, yeah. I think the one thing that I've said week in and week out, and we've spent so much money and we don't have um, a true in and out goal scorer. Um, so I think that's why the pick has to be Drugba. I thought um, you were going to go Lukaku, bro. I thought you were going Timo Warner, bro. Um, the, the ones that were hard for me was, um, Frank Lampard. Cause he's still an incredible goal scorer as well in the midfield position. Um, With I him as coach in Eden Hazard, um, because ha- Hazard seasons, uh, only two. Yes. I'll admit there were only two in his prime when he was at Chelsea, but man, were they very fun to watch and he scored some goals and set up a lot of good ones. Wait, hold on. Did One you say there were only two seasons that Hazard was good? No, in his peak prime when he was like top three in the world. Oh, okay, I was like, brother, he was gas for so long. Yeah, he, he was balling to for I'm a saying, while. I'm saying like yeah. peak prime, top okay, three. Okay, okay, okay. Like, those insane years. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Drugba uh, because I've I think I've said on the podcast a couple of times we haven't bought a striker who um, can score some goals. So um, I'll take 29 in the prem um, in his season. So. That's what I'm going to say, too. That's why I thought it was easy. I think yeah. that's a good choice, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. John Terry Hoover. Shout out. Yeah. Bring, just uh, bring them all back. Yeah. Why not? That was, you guys had some golden years, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, My... I'm my interested obvious. in this. Wait, I'm interested in this one right here. Harry Kane, bring him back. <laughs> Dude, only, uh, well, he's not retired. He's, I think this one's too. Harry Kane. Yeah. I don't think I know any historical Tottenham. Dog said Clint. <laughs> Dog, Clint, I I, be lit. Uh, I reached out when I first started. Well, no, I've, I've, if anyone's listening and they have a, a long sleeve 2011-2012 Clint Dempsey jersey from Tottenham, I would pay high dollar for that. <laughs> I, have searched, I have searched my entire life for that, and it turns out not a super popular jersey. But... uh so my obvious answer is not the one that I'm going to go with, but I have to say within the current squad and the current way that they play and the current holes of where you could upgrade, because I think everyone fits pretty well for the way that Andrew set it up. Um, Gareth Bale's the, the easy answer. Uh, he's not who I'm going with, but he oh. is the easy answer. He fits oh. right in that Kulisevsky side. And, yeah, bro. And, yes. and, and all Ange wants him to do is to cut in on his left foot. That's it. Yeah, he, yes. Like, Declan Kulusevski might as well play one-footed because he can't go on his right. He won't do it. Um, the only reason we scored that uh, goal or that, that own goal against Liverpool is because Pedro Poro said, I'm sick of you not going to the line. I'm just going to piss one in. Um, so uh, he would fit. He would He would make the team better. That's the obvious pick. My pick is someone who would unseat Sar, and that is Musa Dembele. Sick. And, I take this pick as one that the streets will never forget. I also take this pick on the back of some very important players and their opinions on former footballers. And you ask any of the older players at Belgium who played with Moussa Dembele, um, that he was one of the best footballers they'd ever played with. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne specifically says he he wants him on one of his five asides. You know, when you're setting up those fantasy kind of you know press conference, whatever, but. 
Um, he was, you couldn't get the ball off of him. Number one, he was so slick. His, his ability to transfer or transfer his ability to link play with other people via creativity was ridiculous. He was also a bruiser. Like the guy stuck tackles. He was a tireless runner. He got in, uh, and made tackles. And I think him with Madison and Basuma, it would, would be, the that's most a, disgusting that's middle the three. Streets forget pick. That's the streets will forget. The yeah. streets will never forget Musa Dembele because there were three years or so that I was watching him that was like, I can't believe no one else is talking about this man. He he was that good. So, streets. Neither of the Belgian center backs. I I'm comfortable with the center backs right now. Obviously, yeah. those that was the greatest one of the greatest pairings that you know Spurs had had for a really long time. Like. I still think of Jan Vertonghen's super game against Dortmund in the Champions League. He had a goal and an assist. <laughs> things, things that you. Don't you mean the Johnny Evans special? The Johnny Evans special, bro. Like, <laughs> Poch had a master stroke of playing him on the left side of a back three, and he whipped across and got one back post. It was, it was what dreams Money. were made. But Money. Musa. All right, good pick. Um, United boys, I would love if you guys had different. My, opinions my, on this? Mine's different 100%. Okay, just well, make it go sure. first, I, I think it'd be good, I, yeah. I think Start a guess on what position. Uh, sure. Do either of you guys have a goalkeeper? No. no. Dang. <laughs> what a waste of a pick. <laughs> I, what do you mean? Evan Vandersar's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying De Gea. He's retired. Um, Dove, you go first. It's just clubless. No. Um, this, this is so hard because our legend list is like thousands. Um <laughs> This is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting pick, and I think that none of you guys think that I'm gonna go this direction. Um, this wow. is kind of like Hooves. It's a streets won't forget pick. Um, I want to oh. say I kind of want to let you guys guess. Dimmy. No, that was oh. a good one. But I don't that think one came up my mind. Wait, he he played a lot as a right winger. Lukaku. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Really with, for United too. I'm gonna go with Park Ji Sung. Oh, wow. I, I think that when you look at the United team, Park Ji-sung or Ji-sung Park, whatever you want to say, correct term. Um, he, he played he played a ton as, as a right winger. And I think we're sort of missing we're, we're missing um, a little bit of what he brings. And if you look at all of the interviews from Wayne Rooney to Cristiano Ronaldo to Dimitar Berbatov to all of these guys when he won the Champions League, and they refer to who was all, like the most important person in that team, and all of them come back and say Ji Sung Park, because it was one of those things where there's no attitude, there's no bullshit, there's none of that stuff that we've seen with so many of the United players these days. It was strictly business, and this is a guy that worked his nuts off for the team. Um, not only that, he scored big goals in big moments. Um, my easy one, I wanted to go Roy Keane just to fucking light up our dressing room. Um, but I, I thought, That's I thought where I was, thought one of you had to go. That'd be a good was, locker room pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought it was too easy too easy of a pick. And, and I genuinely think that, like, we, we have a midfield that, that can be solid when, when fully healthy. I think we need a, a right winger that that can do anything but what Anthony does um, so bad. So I'm going I'm going to some part. You, you said this man. This man has no bullshit. And if we have uh, anything, our right wingers uh, can't say out of jail. So you know, yeah, hey, uh, hey, we'll take that. Asian sensation, baby. Yeah, hey. we'll take that. Um, I, I, I have like two. I have like my my pick that 
you all are going to be like, duh. And then I have like my, my more indie pick, but my first one is Wayne Rooney, truthfully, anywhere across the front three. Like I, I just think that like too basic. Well, so exactly. I, I have a backup. Don't worry. Um, so Wayne Rooney across the front three, across the front four, if you want to play him as a 10 dude, like that guy could play anywhere. He could compliment anyone. Yeah, dude, fuck it. Everton shout out. Um, he, he can play anywhere. He can do anything. He's one of the most skilled players we've ever seen in the prem. Like he would fit into any team anywhere, anytime. So Wayne Rooney's my, you know, basic pick, but I'm actually going to go a little bit more obscure for, for my real pick. Um, Carlos Tevez. As the as the striker, um, I think when you get a prime Tevez uh, at United, linking up with Rooney and Ronaldo, and then you got him at City being a dog, and then some of his best years at Juventus being an absolute dog, uh, I think that I think that we could we could uh, we could use that a lot in our team. Um, I think Hoyland, honestly, like I've been impressed with him every every single time I've watched him play. Like he has a great work ethic, but Tevez was different um, doing it at every single team he went to. He's a little bit of a psycho, so I think that he would fit in. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got those Argentina links. So I'm going to go Tevez. Bold. Okay. Bold, bold is right. Bold is right. But that's fun, though, when you don't just, like, pick the obvious one. Yeah. And, you know, that, that makes it kind of tough for me. But, um, you know, if I if I look at our lineup. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, you fucking prick. Wait. <laughs> But I got a good, I got a few Arsenal ones that I think are really good ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for for me, looking at our lineup, Thierry Henry is the obvious one. We, I feel like in build up play, we create a lot of opportunities, and then when we get the ball into our strikers, um, you know, they, they, have, they have they have trouble finishing a lot of times. Say what? He would link with this current Arsenal team so well, bro. Six <laughs> two, faster than. Bigger and faster than Enketia and Gabriel Jesus. Probably better Sauce. footwork. An absolute dog. Like, he would be the perfect player in this lineup. Like, I would love to have Patrick Vieira there, but with a healthy Thomas Party, I don't think that that's, like, our weakest position. Um, you know, and, and even at Cam, um, Freddie Lumberg or, you know, whoever else, Perez and um, Bergkamp. Like, Bergkamp would be sick, too. I'm confused, Hen. I just can't believe that you said Freddie Lundberg as a player that you would uh, regen. But well, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I'm just. I'm. I wouldn't. That's why I'm saying, like, with Odegaard at Cam, that's obviously not our weakest position. Okay. I'm not going to pick somebody like any of those I guys think- because it's not our weakest. Like, striker is far and above our weakest position, and that's why Thierry Henry needs to be in this team ASAP. But. Dude, I, I think I think it's also a really big shout out for Ashley Cole as the left back. And I know that Zinchenko has been like, you know, this like revolution to Arsenal. I think he's a fraud, but whatever. I think I think that Ashley Cole on that left back position flying down the wing, he's the best left back to ever play in England. Like uh, Oh, disrespect on Leighton Baines' name there. <laughs> you said you chill. You chill for Whoa. a second. But <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, it's hard to disagree with Thierry Henry, though. I mean, what Sask, a baller! Sask, Ozil, Milshier, Santi. They, they, they would, they would all be like I said. They would all be sick, but those just like flat out on our on our weakest position. Like if if I got to, if I got to pick, you know, 
and all we needed help in every position, I would pick Ozil in a heartbeat because he's my favorite player of all time. But Sesk would be unreal too. Um, yeah, I just he's think a, that he's a Chelsea Jorginho playing. I just think that with what we need the most right now, it's got to be got to be Tiaria. Jorginho or Cesc Fabregas? Kate, Ab- Kate, Kate Abdo's man crush. Mr. I, know, I I I uh I think I think you also could have gone Vieira. I know that you gave reason for not Vieira, but uh, I I could see Vieira and Henri being a toss up as well. Yes, but then that doesn't solve our our scoring problem. But I thought you had two like world class wingers. We do. <laughs> I thought they were like the two best wingers in the league. Is is that not what it is? Would you? Oh, I, I never said that. What, they don't have the Brazilian striker that scored the bike in the World Cup. So. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Arteta's and, and, and that's name, it. Did Arteta's name ever cross your mind? No. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I mean, o- Ozil, Sesk, and Wilshire are all better midfielders than Arteta was. I I'd, rather, I'd rather have Arteta. I'd rather have Arteta pulling the strings with Thierry up top. I don't know Arteta's player career like that for real. I. He had a he had he had, he had a handful of worldies. I was trying to think of a good center back and from Arsenal, Saul Campbell. Saul Campbell. Oh yeah. Ian Ian didn't he Ian Wright play? I think he was a CDM. He's a forward, bro. He's, He's a forward. A forward. What are we talking about? Yeah, Ian yeah, Wright. Arsenal. I know. Uh, um, but Pierre is just way better than Ian Wright. So. You had Colo oh, yeah. Torre. Colo Torre could yeah. could uh, you know, dog. Yeah. yeah. Colo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tony Adams would have been sick too. But I'm, I mean, there, there's also just some guys that like you, you see on like the list of of legends for your club, and just never really get a chance to watch them play. Besides highlights, yeah, so it's tough for me to pick some of those guys sometimes. Jimmy Greaves, <laughs> wild. All right, so so Hafey got Drogba, Uv Dembele, and Jisung Park. No, that was or sorry, Dobes, Park Ji Sung. I like you say it. Park Ji yeah. And Hen took Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez. Man, what, what an exciting prem it would be if all those guys played for, for those clubs right now. Oh, wow. Yes. That would be electric. So electric. Electric. But uh, all right. With that, we will uh, we'll call it a day. Gentlemen, well done. And to everybody listening, thanks for listening. Um, we're in the process of vetting out a couple other podcasts recording platforms since we recently ended our relationship um very angrily with <laughs> Zencaster. Um and so we'll be coming to you soon with one of those and that'll hopefully provide us the opportunity to uh share a lot more kinds of content with you, better versions of clips, um potentially even getting some of you listeners uh to listen in the audience and and watch the podcast recording live and ask questions and give comments while we're recording. So we're, we're working on that and kind of vetting out that stuff. We'll keep you guys updated, but in the meantime, you can find those updates on all of our social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, even, you know, all of that stuff. Um, still slowly working towards bringing our Twitter back to a, a collective premier league and St. Louis city Twitter, as opposed to just Manchester United, but baby steps. And, uh, 
Get yeah. active, fellas. Get active. That's what I'm Get saying, active. dude. I thought that we were all on there, like doing our own shit. I mean, I <laughs> feel, I feel like, I feel like I just don't check Twitter as much as I should. That's part I of the problem. Way too much time and, and then, bro. and then when I do have thoughts, I usually just text it to you guys. So maybe I need to just <laughs> when I when I have it when I have an opinion on something, I should just start tweeting it and then texting you guys about it. Don't don't rope me into like the United stuff on the Mecca. That is strictly. <laughs> Oh, no, I know. No, no, no. It's dubs. Henry and Hoover are absolutely carrying our Twitter right now. And, and I just the IP addresses. Yeah. It's, all, it's all dubs. People I like it. a lot of Spurs Twitter. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's just, a so, just so it gets in our feed more. Adding yeah, yeah. ads when we tweet. Yeah, for real. Ugh. All right, gents. Well, well done. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, yeah. boys. Good stuff, boys. Jeez.